Hello and welcome to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm your producer and co-host, Gail Stewart. Joining me today, co-host Raul Sandal and Dr. Stacey Hankinson. Hello, people. Hi, Gail. Hi, Gail. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing always, always good. <laughs> so, so it's good to be back in San Diego. Yes, huh? welcome back. It's been a month. It's you been a while. You. Oh, my God. It what a trip. Been. What a trip. I went to, uh, I hiked the uh, Santiago Camino Trail in, uh, in Spain. It was it was phenomenal. You know, it's a spiritual journey that the pilgrims take, and it was just beautiful. All the way around, beautiful. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and then I hit the beaches of Portugal. What can I say? What was the best part? The beaches of Portugal and then the trail. The trail was okay. the best. Did you do any writing while you were there? No. Okay. No, none. I, I forgot about screenwriting for just this little bit of time. I needed a respite, you know. Anyhow, but I'm home. I'm, we're back in the studio. I'm feeling really good about today's episode. So, uh, Stacy, you've developed a piece today on the nature of interviewing people, which, of course, is close, near and dear to my heart. In the industry, though, here at the San Diego Screenwriter Studio, we do that. It's fun. We get to know people. It's part of networking, and it's, it's broader than just simply screenwriters. Anyone in the industry, we might in- potentially be interested in interviewing, and I would just like to talk about the nature of it. Raul. Yeah, well, you, your trip to Portugal inspired me. And I started <laughs> thinking about this. How, do we, how can we bring in other cultures, other languages, other peoples into our own script writing? That may even take us beyond our own immediate knowledge. That's interesting. Yeah, I think Terry Ross does a lot of that because she does. She's filmed in Italy. She's filmed in uh, Portugal. She was actually she's going to be there next month. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and you did that great interview. Yeah, with Terry, she right? was so interesting. Yeah, yeah, she's God, great. I she's love fantastic. her. Thank you for turning me on to her because she was she well, was a great interview. Well, we should uh, talk more about the San Diego Movie Awards. Yes, you know, it's an upstart award and festival and she's in charge of it and they're doing great work and you know what i told her i said you know what about shorts like two minute three minutes six minutes she doesn't have a category for that yet she said she we might be oh and and she mentioned she might want us as judges oh good wow (laughs) yeah good so let's pursue that yeah it was very productive I, i think our listeners would really like that too they can get a lot out of the san diego movie awards absolutely and it's here it's homegrown it's right here so we need to support that Mm -hmm. absolutely but i did read a very interesting article uh just this morning that really has me thinking and it is from industrial scripts and it is the top 10 mistakes that amateur writers screenwriters make and so i'm going to be sharing that with everybody later yeah because you know what I'll, i'll confess i've made just about every single one of them i swear to god so you know nobody's uh nobody's alone here but the article is by lucas baxel and one of the many fine resources that i've discovered in my screenwriting journey if i might it might just add on that a lot of those mistakes are are also steps to becoming a screenwriter yeah so to avoid try to avoid a lot of these mistakes is kind of like avoiding boot camp Right. You, know, you got to go, so right? go through it, right? You got to go through it. There's no going around. Mm-hmm. But there's a few pointers that yeah. he brings up and that are really good. Okay, we're going to take a break right now. San Diego Screenwriter Studio will be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm Gail Stewart. Joining me, the co-hosts of this show, Raul Sandlin and Dr. Stacy Hankinson. We are the San Diego Screenwriter Studio, the best place for beginning screenwriters to get a handle on the Hollywood landscape. I think I've talked about this before, Doctor. Networking is a key element to advancing your screenwriting career. Maybe even as much so as the writing itself. <laughs> right, if you can network, you're good. You're golden, right? You no, know, it, it's <laughs> you could have something great, but if you can't network, if you can't sell it, yeah. And and the, sadly, the inverse is true too, right? You could maybe have a piece of junk in some ways. Not that we're advocating that, but we know that many many scripts get produced that are not great quality but well, there's garbage out there i've seen that's it that's what okay, i'm trying I'm sorry. to say i'm sorry i'll yeah. just be it, it's I the didn't. old who you know not what you know really yeah it's but yeah i think ultimately in the ideal world you have a little bit of both you have mm-hmm. good screenwriting and you have good networking skills and you put the two together yeah right. you you try for both for sure absolutely that's what i learned in the pitch in the pitch classes at roadmap writers you know the pitch is everything that's why they start out with it in the career program right so we have talked about pitching and i wanted to just take a different angle on the whole networking and one of those is the interview and so that's where we as we can take kind of a lead in reaching out to people and getting to know what they do in their craft. And that's something that I want to talk about today. All right, we'll go. Yeah. Go forward, <laughs> unafraid, my <Okay>. dear. <laughs> so, so a few things. First, I, I want to talk about my own experiences with it recently. Um, and, I, and as I do, I just want to kind of interweave the idea that to our listeners that we are open to interviewing. I, I've been really enjoying the process of doing it. And don't think that if you are not a screenwriter per se, that you'd be eliminated from from consideration. We are interested in interviewing people in the industry in the broadest sense. So if you're in lighting, if you're in um, acting, makeup, any kind of aspect of it, that that could be a possibility. Post production, post production, sure, sure, sure. Um, producing, directing. Reach out to us, and we we would be very interested in possibly considering interviewing you. So I've recently interviewed a few people, and I've I've really been enjoying the process. Um, one of the things to keep in mind when you're starting an interview is, of course, to research the person, research their background, um, research just any relevant history in terms of what he or she has done in the industry, um, find out if they have a website or if others have written about them. And, um, and you can do your due diligence and do that and, and then show up for the interview. And like anything, um, you really just don't know until, until you have that synergy with that person. You don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, you may expect that you've done everything, you've prepared all that you can, and maybe the, the interview takes a surprising turn where you just don't feel like you're connecting with that person. Maybe, you know, somewhat akin to maybe being an attorney in in a court. Um, You don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. Um, So have you guys had that experience in interviewing? I certainly have. I I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. You, there's always going to be surprises. Scott Myers. Let's just bring up Scott Myers because Scott Myers was a big interview for me. He was the uh, producer, writer of, um, Canine with James Belushi, and he wrote the best-selling novel, um, the new, the latest one about uh, K- 
character-driven novels or not a character-driven screenplays and <clears throat> screenwrites and so it was interesting talking with him because he was all he was like he had a trajectory that I was following and what happened with Scott and I was that I really kind of connected with what he was talking about you know and yes. how I had to be true to myself um, and true to my characters and getting that out there. So it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting experience that just happened, uh, organically in the interview process. It, it is a dance, isn't it? Between the interviewer and interviewee. Um, it, you, you can tell if it, if you're connecting, like you just said, with some of the content that's happening. And sometimes they don't really connect well with the question that you're asking. Maybe, maybe it's beyond what they're thinking. And so it, it doesn't necessarily go well. So I, I just want to say it that way that, um, that an interview, in spite of what you do to research it, can take on its own life um, for the better or the worse. I, I, recently, I, I had an interview with Stephen Brodsky that we submitted here that, that you can hear on, um, on our podcast. And I think that went well. It, it went, it was, um, not extremely long. It was about seven or eight minutes. And in that time was able to really, um, have him express all that he wanted to in terms of, um, his screenplay and where it was heading and where he was hoping to, um, have it find a home. It's a part of networking being a interviewer. Um, think of it, in some ways, like being a journalist, and one interview can lead to another interview. Um, it's it's also a win win situation in terms of um, we get to explore different local creatives in San Diego, and for these creatives, they get exposure. They get to um, talk about their project, have our listeners um, participate in, in hearing and, and thinking about it. So it's it's an overall good process. Uh, but Rolling Stone magazine founder Jan Winner, we've all heard of uh, Rolling Stone magazine. He started the magazine because he wanted to meet John Lennon, and lo and behold, Rolling Stone magazine took on a life of its own. You know, and now Jan Winner's retired as a billionaire. Uh, but it all went back to you know wanting to interview or just even meet John Lennon. So it just shows you how the power of being a journalist or the power of doing an interview with somebody versus trying to sell somebody on something. And it's a you know it's a, it is a great way to open doors, meet people, and you know maybe even found Rolling Stone magazine. Right, very cases. clever that yeah. he did that. I, I think though before we lose sight of it, and for me, what's really important when I do get the interviews that I've gotten for the San Diego Screenwriter Studio, and that is that I'm bringing something to the table that p other people can take and learn from. I'm bringing in somebody that does something that it says is an expert at it, that's in their field, and they are uh, in, that has to do with movie making, that they bring to the table something that when we share it on our airwaves here, that other people can take from that freely and 
and get that advice and take that advice and improve their 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 quality of work. I think that's the bottom line for me on when we bring in people uh, for, on this show. We're we're trying to enrich our listeners' lives in terms of writing and their work. So so that's definitely part of it. And I wanted to say that too that some of the um, more interesting interviews I've had have just been very impromptu in a cafe or in a restaurant and um, the person's talking about their work and and it you know kind of morphs into let's make this an interview coming up Roel Sandlin gonna help us navigate writing a screenplay that touches upon other cultures languages places stay tuned you're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio on KNSJ San Diego's only social justice network You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm Gail Stewart with our co-host, Raul Sandlin and Dr. Stacey Hankinson. So you're writing a script and you're writing about a culture or a location that you may not be completely familiar with. So what do you do? How much research is required? And this also runs head on into the whole old adage of write what you know. So tell us, Raul, how do we handle this? Well, I have a, you to blame for all of us. Oh, thanks, when God. You, you went oh off to Portugal. God. You went off to Portugal for a month and let me, you know, to my own devices to think of something. <laughs> no, but it got me thinking about how do you bring in things like a trip to Portugal? How do you... If you bring, were going to write a story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How do you bring in a character you met from Portugal mm-hmm. who speaks Portuguese? Right. Um, into your script. So this is an interesting question because as you said, on one hand, you know, we're we're told to write what we know. Yeah. But that could keep us here in San Diego County for way, way too long. So boring. So no, I, no, I, I love San Diego. I yeah. love San Diego. <laughs> I do too, but you're absolutely right. How do we bring in other characters? And especially a city like San Diego, where you which is an international city where mm-hmm. you do have people from other countries and other cultures even coming here so right, it doesn't right. take a trip to portugal to you know put you in contact with other languages and cultures and i gotta say you know on this trip it was a massive trip mm-hmm. it was 21 days we hiked the camino santiago trail and you know that which is in spain you end up in uh in santiago de Compostela, which is beautiful but the thing of it is is that how do you bring that if you're going to write a screenplay about that trip it was a family vacation with my two elderly brother and sister and my other sister and, you know, all the, the stuff that goes on on a family vacation. But, you know, now that you're adults, how do you talk about that trip as a, as a basis for a, play, for a screenplay with the fact that it's in Madrid and, you know, we could barely speak the language? I mean, luckily, I know a little Spanish, but, you know, it's just not enough, right? So what happens when you meet somebody who uh, in Spain or Portugal and they come to San Diego to visit you? Right. And how do you and your siblings talk within the script about? things you saw using words place names you know all the different you know things and cultural artifacts that you touched and saw so there's a whole you know a whole question of how do we do this and and in the past it was always handled from the outside in it was hollywood you know let's face it old white men Mm -hmm. sort of interpreting the entire world so you'd get these appropriating yeah appropriate yeah (laughs) 
So you would get these. I gotta call it. You'd get yeah. Let's call it what it is because that's one of the questions here. How do we avoid cultural appropriation? Right. You know, World War II German officer speaking with a British accent. Mm-hmm. That's how you know a foreign language was handled. Mm-hmm. You know, and and at the time, you know, audiences were a little more naive. You know, in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, you could use that kind of stuff. You could have a voodoo doctor in the South Pacific, and it didn't have to be historically accurate. Right. However, um, now audiences are much more educated. The world is much smaller. We know more about the world. And well, I think and, people are more sensitive to that, too. And, and also we're more culturally sensitive. Yes. So we need to approach this much more differently than it was mm-hmm. handled in the past. I think that most of the films that we see on Netflix and Hulu have representations from all different cultures. They um, People from different um, sexual orientations, socioeconomic... It's getting better. I'll I'll say that. It's getting a little bit better in Hollywood, but it's still I think they still have a long ways to go. Some of the standard shows, you how do you mix sort of mainstream characters with other culture and other niche characters too? Because, well, the Big Bang Theory did a good job with mm-hmm. that. Remember the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, that which one is, that was a great still success. On, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is still on great and still success. a great success mm-hmm. in, in reruns, yeah. And I I'm happy even to see there's a new neuroatypical Characters like yeah, like people Woo. with autism, like Wu, like Wu, extraordinary yeah. attorney Wu, yeah, and um, they're and just in general, they're they're putting them in, they're incorporating them. That that um, show on Hulu, everything's going to be okay. Um, dealt closely with autism, dealt with um, asexuality, dealt with all kinds, like hit, hit many um, groups that we don't often talk about. I personally would like to see more transgender. I would too. Characters. I would too. So back to people, places and things and working them into it. And where kind of guideposts do you have for us on this? Well, ultimately you're going to need some kind of story consultant mm-hmm. and you could be your own best story consultant. If you've done the research, um, you know, take language classes, take history classes, things or like have that. a relative or something like that, right? Yeah, there's a sort of poor man's version of this. You can find friends who might, sure. you know, if if you let's say you were planning a you're writing a script with a cruise to Portugal, yeah, but you don't have any Portuguese friends, but you have a Spanish friend. Well, you could shift it to you know Spain and mm-hmm. have your Spanish friend be your story consultant, and then of course you can work out whether they're just a consultant or if you need want to make them part of the. Script script writing process there's also here in san diego we have the houses of hospitality in balboa park you think going there might would help you well again being flexible i'm not going to say it's kind of like doing those interviews and networking you know i would i think going there would but Mm -hmm. again you need to be flexible for instance you know part of my uh family background is Finnish. Mm-hmm. All right. So say, let's say you wanted to, you know, have a cruise ship going to a uh, Scandinavian country, but you go to the houses of hospitality and there isn't a house of Norway, but there's a house of Finland mm-hmm. and you know, somebody who's Finnish well, or so you can be flexible and shift that way. Sure. This sort of fine line of writing what you know, which is very important, but also restricts you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you just write about what you know, you're not going to write about the larger world often. But if you don't know the culture, you know, make sure you find somebody who does. Right. That's where our friends come in. 
Coming up next, Industrial Scripts, Lucas Baxall. He wrote this article that I read, very interesting. It's on some amateur mistakes we make and how to avoid them as beginning screenwriters. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Industrial Scripts, Lucas Baxall's article on some amateur mistakes we all make and how to avoid them as beginning screenwriters. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio on KNSJ, San Diego's only social justice network. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio and Crickets. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> That's Crickets. It was the wrong sound button. But, oh, okay. But you know what? It, it works. I mean, I got a bunch of stuff here. I got the wah-wah. I thought I was falling asleep. <laughs> I got the applause, okay? I'm a fountain uh, of sound here. I'll I'm always take applause. <laughs> We are on the San Diego Screenwriter Studio having fun today. Um, so as beginning screenwriters, we make mistakes. And I'm the first to line up for this. I want to share with you this great article by Lucas Blaxel. I found it on Industrial Scripts. That's a great resource on the Internet. If you haven't visited that website, you should. It has all kinds of great articles. And you can download scripts for free to study. Anyways, the title of the article, 10 Vital Ways Green Amateur Writers can avoid amateur mistakes. So here are the tips. So I'm going to tr- go to my trusty co-host here. So the first one is don't write things we can't see or hear. Right, Raul? Absolutely. Um, I'm still struggling as a screenwriter, but I have made four documentary films. Yeah. And, and I know this. If it isn't in the scene, if it isn't in the frame, they don't know it's there. You know, you can't write about things that happened in the past or happening somewhere else, you know, unless you can show. Again, there's that old don't tell or show, don't tell. Right. So you need to show the audience something. And that means since this is a visual medium, it it needs to be something that you can see. Absolutely. And sort out your tenses. This is the second one. Really important. So screenwriting is urgent, present medium. It's transporting the reader audience into the action directly, placing them in the middle of the unfolding story. So sometimes uh, we fall into a trap of using the passive tense. We see X running away or sometimes even the past tense, X ran away. However, according to the article, these tenses have no place in screenwriting. We can say X is running away. So this would be like in the scene description. Yes, yeah, right in the action. Yeah, the action part of it. Third one is don't get carried away with the action. Well, that that does surprise me. I was going to say, I mean, action seems like a good thing, doesn't it? Well, it is. It is. Okay, no one wants to, but we're talking about action in the script. Okay, no one wants to, according to this article, no one, and I agree with it 100%, no one wants to read paragraphs upon paragraphs about elaborate camera movements, the minutia of a high-speed car chase, or every blow of a fist fight, okay? Yeah. And the reason for this is that the biggest focus should always be on the plot, he says. So when you're writing your action sequences, ask yourself, does this develop the characters? Does it develop the plot? Okay, we always want to go back to that. The fourth one is to stop obsessing over format, and I, I'm sorry, I am obsessed over formatting but he says 
And he agrees. There's no denying that formatting is extremely important part of screenwriting. There is an industry standard screenplay format that writers are expected to follow. Um, however, amateur writers can obsess over it a bit too much. And in turn, it affects the flow of the scripts. Yeah. And you're right. You know, you need to format correctly, but you also need to concentrate on the actual story. Everybody that I talked to in the industry, they said, get final, final draft. It's easy. It helps you. It identifies all your characters. It helps you go back. You've got a beat board included in it. I mean, final draft 12 is great, but go ahead. You're absolutely right. And that's why I have final draft now. <laughs> I know you, you were harping on me I, for I a did. year. Both of you guys. And I was like relentless. I it. There actually are a few different variations on formatting. Mm-hmm. You know, the British TV format, the American there, TV there's format. There's tons of different templates. So, that so, you choose from in Final Draft, and you got to be in the right one. Is it a single yeah. camera or is it multi-camera, right? Mm-hmm. Those are different formats. Mm-hmm. Number five, enough of the wordy dialogue. Another common sign, he says, Lucas Blacksall says, of an amateur writer is the use of dialogue, which is too long and wordy, okay? If the dialogue has no subtext, it, this feels undramatic, and it can this can seem like in uh, it's an indication of an amateur writer, a writer who has yet grasped the power of what lies underneath the dialogue, okay? Well, that reminds me of the Hemingway iceberg theory. You know, four-fifths is submerged under the water, and one-fifth is, is displayed above the water, and the reader or the viewer should be able to feel the other four-fifths. It doesn't have to be written out. Number six is don't write without a plan. Okay, people, you know, so you, 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 you may have a good story, but if there's no set amount of planning, you need to, you gotta, you gotta know where you're going with this. So you gotta have a plan and a clear structure, uh, you know, is an indication of a screenwriter that's confident in their craft. So that's right. Probably the way it's done 95% of the time, yeah, right? You yeah. just, you, you have a good idea. It sounds really good. So you start writing at page one without any planning. Number seven, don't write without a point, right? Whenever you're writing a script, he says one of the most important things to consider is why you're writing it in the first place. What's the point? Right? What's the point of the script? Is this the moral to the story? I, I would think so. Okay. It's a thematic purpose, right? What are we, you know, what are we trying to get across here? I don't know why somebody would write without a point. I mean, <laughs> that's the, I know. What's right? the point? Why, right? why are they doing it? <laughs> Number eight, don't think you're too good for criticism. People are going to try to help you. Well, you know, as a professor, when I'm teaching my students and we're doing workshops, I, I tell them, you're not doing your classmates any favors by not giving the criticism so it's the same for us if you're gonna remove yourself from the community and not be susceptible to criticism you're gonna be left out that's right absolutely a big part of this is as stacy was talking about earlier there's this networking thing and criticism that is what the writers group is about we criticized each other in our writers group we've helped each Mm -hmm. other move along okay number 10 people Number 10, don't send in work that isn't your best. You know, when you're sending in your screenplays or screen uh, to agents or production companies, don't send in a work that isn't up to standard. Um, you know, if you know your script is lacking or isn't formatted correctly, there's no point in sending it in because you know what? You're wasting their time and they're not going to forget it. Probably the majority of would-be screenwriters out there spend their lifetimes 
trying to perfect uh, one single script. There is no perfect yeah. script, right? You can obsess about rewriting and rewriting, which I think I fell into that trap. So there's no perfect script. No, so there no. is a time when you do have to submit it, especially if you're trying to. But if it's I the agree. best, if it's the best you do, you've done. Mm -hmm. That's that's good enough. If it's not the best, and you know it's not the best, then you should hold back. Well, I think also the important thing is to be your own best critic, to always be looking at your stuff before you send it out and make sure it's the best you could produce at that given time. Oh, you know. Mother Mary, <laughs> let give us strength because we all need that. Listen, we're going to be right back with final thoughts on the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. Thank you for joining us today. We've had fun here. Uh, it's kind of a, a welcome back for me, back to the state side. I'm happy to be home. Final thoughts, Dr. Hankinson, on the nature of interviews. If any of you listeners would like to be interviewed, don't think that because you're not a screenwriter per se that we won't consider you. If you're in the industry in really any fashion, if you are in makeup or lighting or post-production, directing, producing, and of course, screenwriting, um, reach out to us and we would love to consider you for an interview. Yeah. Raul, sensitive appropriation, right? One thing we were talking about during the break is whatever you write into your screenplay, it has to serve the plot and the plot points. If it's just written in gratuitously because you want to impress somebody or you impress yourself, don't do it. Or first, before you do, you need to ask yourself, how is this pushing the plot and the story forward? My final thoughts, just one. Keep on writing, no matter what. Thank you all for joining us today on the San Diego Screenwriter Studio right here on KNSJ, San Diego's only social justice network. Goodbye, people. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, thank you.